One of the more difficult questions that arises in this uh, time of year generally has to, at least in my life, uh, be one of the harder questions overall. And that is, uh, where does Jesus fit into my life? Where does Jesus actually come in and and fit into my life? Now, um, this was kind of shown to me earlier this week. Uh, A friend of mine had an extra ticket and and invited me along to go hear um, Vince uh, Giraldi's Peanuts Christmas, the Merry Christmas Charlie Brown, played live, which was incredible. But the, uh, the leader of the jazz band that was doing it uh, would, would stop and give background. And, and the thing about the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas special, which everybody knows what I'm talking about, I assume. I'm not going to explain too much of it. Uh, is at the very height of the story is Linus coming out uh, and saying, Lights, please. And then he does uh, a reading of Luke chapter 2, where he tells the story of Jesus being born. And says, this is the reason for Christmas, Charlie Brown. And if you know the album, uh, the soundtrack for this, of of Vince Giraldi's album, uh, at the center, at the middle of the album is Hark the Herald Angels Sing, which the kids sing at the end of the Christmas special. I guess I am going to explain a lot of this (laughs) after all. But he he had placed that uh, in the center part of the album because he saw that this still was the center point of the story that was being told in the Christmas special. Well, that means, uh, as all of us here in Seattle would know, that a lot of, lot of people have to come to terms with why is this here and what does this have to do with it. And, and the, the jazz musician had said, well, it's good that Vince uh, kept this on the album because this is what it's really all about. It's all about peace and goodwill to our neighbors. And, and uh, I thought that's, that's accurate. That, that part, on the surface level, can fit. At the end of the, at the, end of the concert, uh, they, they got the standing ovation, and they came out to do one more song and that was not part of the original album. And, and as he sat down at the piano, the musician said that um, he was going to play something that he thought was very fitting for this season. And he started to play John Lennon's Imagine. Now, if you, if you don't know the song, it's actually a, uh, artistically and musically a very well-written, good song, but, but it, it goes, imagine if there is no religion. It's easy if you try. Imagine if there's no heaven above and if there's no hell below. It's easy, easy if you try. And now, naturally, I'm wishing that my brain would just shut off and enjoy a concert. But what I kept thinking is, how can we speak of peace and goodwill if our desire is to remove the very source of peace and goodwill? And I couldn't stand in too much conviction over society or or too much judgment over other people. I have never been one who was bought in to the war on Christmas, nor will I ever be. And I think it's okay to say happy holidays to someone because it's just being a nice person to do that. But I must say, as I, as I saw this acted out in front of me, 
I did start to also see the ways in my own life that I do that exact same thing. I will love to talk about peace and goodwill for everybody. That everybody stop killing each other and that they work nicely. But I will also hold back from introducing Christ into all parts of my life. That I will turn away the very source of that peace and goodwill in various aspects of who I am. And it's easy to do. Imagine it if you tried. (laughs) That this is the reality of this season where we are welcoming and preparing ourselves to welcome the Christ child, but also in our anxiousness for Him to return to bring about that time that we're all waiting for. To think of where in our own lives that we do not have Jesus. That in fact we are actively not wanting Jesus to be a part of. So far in this series where we have talked about God with us, we have talked about the places in our lives that we anxiously want Him to be. We want God with us in our suffering. We want Him there. When I am in my difficulties, when I am in the hospital, when I am suffering, when I am on my deathbed, I want Jesus there. We want God with us in our temptation. I want to know I have someone who is helping me push against that thing that I do not want to do. I want Him there. But today we talk about God with us in our callings, and as was rightly pointed to us, our callings goes throughout all of our lives. Do I want God with us in all of those places? Because I am often like that singer. I'll take this here, but don't give me the rest. I'll take this part, but leave the rest alone. How dare God want to come into my life to be a part of my finances? Why would I want him to dictate to me the ways to be generous? How dare the Lord want to introduce himself into my friendships? Doesn't he know I just want to have a good time? How dare he introduce himself into my marriage? Into my life? Into my loves? Into my sexuality? Into my habits and in my concerns? Those are not the places for him. He has come to grant me salvation and that is great. He has come to forgive sins and that is wonderful. But don't touch the rest of who I am. We've used this term before in our preaching and our teaching here that we compartmentalize. We come in to check off the box for our salvation and our forgiveness. We let God handle our past. We let Him take care of those times in which we were not the person we were called to be without ever considering what that might mean for my future or my present situations. And any time he comes close to that, we try to push him away. I'll take peace. I'll take goodwill. But don't give me the rest. 
we are told in James that every good gift that we have comes from God. And we like to think about that with every blessing that we receive. But I put it to you that the gift that has come to us is Jesus. And the gifts that he has for us is in all of the different callings that we hold. And when we start to see the ways in which Jesus wants to come into our lives, wants to be a part of everything that we are and everything that we have, we begin to see the goodness and the good gifts that he has given to us. Him being a part of all of our callings and a part of all of our lives isn't so that He can tell us just what is right or wrong. Isn't just so that He can make us new, but it is also that He brings these gifts into our lives. Into each of our callings. Into the various and different vocations that you hold in your life. So these good things, these good gifts... They do begin with our salvation. They do begin with our forgiveness of sins. But when you introduce the forgiveness of Christ into your heart, when His presence comes into your life, it touches everything about you, everything that you are, and everything that you have. Because it's then that we see it all comes from Him. The flesh of the bones, the breath of of our lungs, even the toil and work of our hands comes from Him. And so we want Him. We need Him to be a part of these calls. We need Him to come into my life, not just so that I can be a better husband, but to actually speak about those times when I'm not a good husband. We need Him to come into our lives so that He can speak into the times when we are His children and when we are not His children. When we have walked away and when we are walking on the path. To give Him praise for the gifts that we have is to also let Him into the times that we reject Him. The times that we struggle. The times that we cannot fulfill our callings. So we want We need Jesus to be a part of everything. Everything that we are. Everything that we have. Everything that we need. So we have to ask, what does it mean to have Jesus in our callings? What does it mean to have Christ in all of our lives? What does it mean to have him speak about me as a husband, as a pastor, as a father? What does it mean for him to speak to you as a wife, as a child, as a friend? What does it mean for him to speak about the times that you are a computer programmer and a postal worker? A security guard and an executive? A mother? An aunt? Does he actually have something to say about that? Has he actually commissioned and brought me into that calling? Does it surprise you to hear yes? In our gospel reading today, Jesus is commissioning 
those that are closest to him to go out. And sometimes in this case, we like to think that maybe those instructions just apply to them and don't really apply to us. But in his commission to the disciples to go out, we also hear the commission that he gives to us as his people that he has intimately become a part of. And what he tells them as he goes out is this. Go saying that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers and cast out the demons. You have received without pay. Give without pay. We know that to have constantly the word of God on our mouths, to say that the kingdom of God is at hand, is hard enough. And it would be one thing for the Lord to just stay with what it is we say. But he also speaks about what we do. I mean, we all are familiar with the statements, do as I say and not as I do. Something I hope to teach my children very soon. But he even gives us actions. That in all of our callings, and in all of our vocations as parents, as workers, as parishioners, all of that, It includes doing the things of which God is doing. Of healing the sick among us. Of thinking of those who are dying. To be with those who are struggling and in need of your help. What does it mean to have Jesus in my life as a worker in this world? It's to not just think of those that are next to me as competitors, but to actually reach into their lives and care for them. What does it mean to have Jesus in my life as a father or as a husband? It means speaking the words that bring life and forgiveness to each of those relationships as well. What does it mean to be a friend? One, it means don't ask questions that ruins your friend's concert experience. But it also means bringing the words that heal them bringing the helping hand that no one else will give, being Christ in that relationship. What does it mean having Jesus in each of these callings? It means having a foundation that reaches into every part of who you are. Not just in that side of you that desires peace and goodwill, that is searching for forgiveness but also that side of you that fails in each of those things. Having someone in your life that, as you are in that relationship and it fails, forgives you and forgives that person. It means having someone in there that has not just only commissioned you to go and do those things, but has gone before you and already done them. Who has not only shown you the way, but is that way in that relationship. It means having someone in every part of your life who has not only given you Christmas and this celebration, but has also given you Easter. Has given you hope of something being made new. Of being able to see the world around us and wishing for something better, including in all of those callings that you have. To have Jesus in all of your life means we do away with cynicism. 
we stop approaching the world in our sarcastic manner. And we start thinking and speaking the words of Christ in all things. Approaching it not with those things, but with hope. With peace and goodwill at mind. So let us hear the commission of Christ in your life. Go from this place having the words on your lips that say the kingdom of God is coming and coming soon. Go out from here healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers. And in this dark world, be his light in all that you are, in all that you have, in all that you are called to. Amen?